Father, this is where we find everything we need. We find you. We find access. We find an open ear. We find a listening ear. We find a forgiving heart in you. And we find mercy and we find grace. I mean, everything we need is right in your presence. So we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to approach you, to receive from you, to worship you, and to exalt you. And we thank you for what you're going to do for us right now in this meeting. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So hopefully everybody had a good week. Amen. A week full of benefits, because remember, you're loaded. Amen. You are loaded with benefits. I was reading my Loaded with Benefits book. I was thinking, I said, that Cloretta Taara, she never ceases to amaze me. (laughs) Stealing my stuff and putting it in book form. I'm telling you, it's a gift. Ain't nothing but a gift. Gifted with no excuses. Amen. So, but anyway, no, it's it's just good to be, um, I guess, considered worthy that somebody would want to help you to get your stuff in print. Amen. So it's it's a good witness to to your obedience to God sometimes, and and the fact that God blesses people through you. I mean, it, it's all good. So I just really appreciate. So thank you again, Claretta Tayara. You may steal from me any time. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. So uh, today we're going to talk about the blissful life. Amen. The blissful life. And um, I got that word. I was reading. I had packed all my books away in anticipation of moving. And then my sink had a malfunction and a flood and all kinds of things that hindered my forward progress so uh, I I had to unpack some books and so I got my Bible out I got my so I had my Moffat's translation of the Bible which I enjoy quite a bit it kind of reads like you would want to talk to yourself and so in 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 exchange for the word blessedness he uses the word bliss and I thought that was a good I mean it's not a word we use all the time so it's a um it's really referring to a state of extreme blessing. Amen. When you have a blissful life, you're blessed to the extreme. Amen. It's like the ultimate uh, blessing, uh, which, which kind of like points to what we really have in God. If you look at the word, uh, we have blessings without limits. Uh, we have abundance. All things that pertain to life and godliness belong to us already by virtue of our blood covenant. It's already been conferred on us. And so there's no reason that we should stop even to consider problems, issues, things that come up when you think about it. Because we have this life of eternal bliss that's been given to us. That's a non-stop, continual blessing in the extreme. So, so when you think about it, it's not just, you know, and I say just because it, 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 the word just refers to our ability to imagine, our, our ability to ask, or our ability to think and envision things, but it goes way beyond 
our personal ability to ask or think, even though God says, ask what you will. But then he tells us to ask according to his will, not according to what we think we want or according to what we have our eyes focused on, but according to his will. Amen. It, it um, and, and he will put things in your heart sometimes before your mind conceives of it, that it belongs to you. Amen. Now he's done that with me many times, you know, that, that like for instance, when I was looking for the house that I have now, I've had it for almost 20 years now. I can't believe it's, I've been there that long, but anyway, it was a struggle when I was asking for it. I mean, looking for it because I was kind of not myself because my husband had just died in that year and, you know, kind of bewildered and kind of wondering and should I spend how much money because if I spend too much, I'll regret it and just a lot of questions and insecurities. And and so after a year of looking, <laughs> I realized part of the problem was I couldn't decide what I needed and what I wanted. And so I asked God one day, I said, well, God, just give me a house that's, and I said, wonderful. And the minute the words came out of my mouth, I wanted a string to pull them back in and pack them back in there because I never wanted to ask for that because wonderful comes with a price tag, right? And I didn't know if I wanted to spend wonderful money or if I had wonderful money. Amen. But I let it come out. And sure enough, God found me the house that I have now, and it is wonderful. It's beyond what I wanted to ask or think. Amen. But amazingly, it's at the price, the upper limit of the price that I wanted to pay. And so God brought me wonderful at the price that I, I felt I could afford. And, and it's, it's been wonderful. So recently I bought, you know, I bought my, uh, Escalade, 12 years old. So I got a teenager sitting in my garage almost. <laughs> but I cautiously switched from a sedan to an SUV because I looked at him. I said, I don't know how I'm going to even get up in that thing. You know, you go in the garage and say, valet, valet. They never show up, you know, like, where's my help? So uh, I have several attempts to get in there and Tony was looking at me. I said, don't be looking at me. Help me. So he let me get in. But I finally figured out how to get in there. First, I was going to, what do they say, drop, tuck, and roll. <laughs> and roll on up in there. And roll on out on the garage floor. And took me about a month to figure out how to. And it's not dainty, trust me. I used to try to do dainty, but I can't do that no more. I just have to get in there. And so when I, I did start to drive and it looked like I, my car was bigger than everything on the road. I was watching the side to make sure I wasn't over the line and hit nobody. And Lord, don't let a truck whiz past me. I'm in big trouble. There go all the mirrors and stuff. And so it took a while for that. And, and so but I finally got the hang of it. And so I was telling somebody, I said, I think I, this after a year, I said, I think I finally got used to this truck. I said, I'll probably buy a newer one now. That didn't come from me. You understand what I'm saying? Because the thought of going up on the money is just, no, 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 no. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, if that was God, then he'll bring it to pass. I'm not going to 
bug him every day and say, where my new truck? Where my this? Where my that? <laughs> if, if that was him using what, what my mouth to speak his will into my life, then I'll go ahead and do it when the time's right. And I know God will move me to do it when the time is right. But until then, I'm still, you know, with my, my truck. Amen. Amen. And, and doing well. And it runs wonderful. It, there's no problems with it whatsoever. I'm not hankering for something better or, you know, hankering for this and hankering for that. I hanker for Jesus. Amen. And, you know, the ability to get closer to him. You know, without thinking it's going to be a big chore. God, I want to spend more time worshiping you, but, oh, Lord, you know, dragging around like that, being joyful in the pursuit of God. I mean, there's lots of things on my drawing board I really would love to do, uh, but, the, you know, brand new car, I really ain't one of them. You know what I'm saying? But, but I want reliable transport for as much as I drive. I'm still hustling rides from people, so it, valet valet it's just a habit huh it's just it's a hard habit to break you know you get these habits and i mean i'm working on it though you know but i go to supermarket you know wherever else is tooling around within a 20 mile radius or so and you know that's as much as i'm interested in right now but but anyway uh praise god so but 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 that's what i'm talking about the bliss of God. Amen. That type of life where there are no limits and God puts his words in your mouth and in your heart. He starts, he just starts working on stuff on the inside of us. And then pretty soon it's expressed on the outside. So as long as you follow God and you, your, your meat is to do his will and your food is the word. Amen. Uh, you feast on God's, God's food. And, and that word begins to prosper in you. It begins to set you up for greater things. It, it just really does. And, and that's the bliss I'm talking about. You know, that beyond blessed life, way beyond blessed. <clears throat> because the blessing really refers to things that we can ask or think. You know, you read the <clears throat> blessings in the word and, uh, Deuteronomy 28, we're all familiar with that chapter of scripture that tells us the different areas where we are blessed. Amen. And it really, really includes every area of our lives. I'm going to turn there real quick and we'll just look at that. And you'll look at how the bliss of God goes beyond <clears throat> the Deuteronomy 28 rule. This is what under the old covenant law. It says in 28.1, it'll come to pass if you will hearken diligently. So that's not for occasional believers. This is for diligent people. People who every day are in the word. Every day looking for God. That's what I think diligence is. Think about how you pursued your last boyfriend. You had him on speed dial. Drive by his house 15 times a day. Didn't know he had slipped out the back door and was with, with his cuzzo in his car. Hello. <laughs> you think he at home? Uh. <laughs> well, if you didn't know that before, you know it now, okay? Everything's revelation here. It's it. 
unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all that his all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And if you're a believer in Christ, you're on high above all. You're in, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Above all peoples of the earth. And all these blessings. So first of all is your spiritual positioning. You're set on high above everybody else. You know, it's like, hey, I don't know who's getting blessed in this place right now, but I know I'm first. I'm the head of the line. Amen. Why? Because God said so. Not because you said so. And you didn't earn it. He just said it. He said, and all these blessings shall, all of these, all of these shall come on thee and overtake thee if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. He said, blessed shall you be in the city and in the field. So that should stop anybody from running to a different town to prosper. Duh. If you can stay put and prosper, you must be the blessing. It goes where you go. Now, there is an advantageous place to be, and that's in the will of God. Just be where God told you to be. And you'll be blessed and prosper there. Amen. He said, blessed shall you be in the city and in the field. You shall be in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, your puppy, your goldfish, your flocks and your herds, your basket and your store will be blessed. That means your food don't spoil, don't rot, you don't have to throw it away. You know, you can eat it if you want to. If you're scared, don't. But you got the blessing anyway. Amen. <laughs> Bless shall be your basket and your store. So where you store your food. No mold, no mildew, no mites, no nothing. Bless shall you be when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. Huh? I've had situations where, you know, people would get angry at me and they thought they were going to say anything and they couldn't find their words. Amen. It's same thing with me. I was going to cuss somebody out. And cuss wouldn't come. <laughs> Amen. Anger is a spirit. It get on anybody. Amen. <laughs> They said, they shall come at you one way and flee seven. So just stand still, okay? The Lord will command the blessing upon He will speak it on your storehouses and all you set your hand to. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. He establish you a holy people unto himself as he has sworn to you. If you'll keep the commandments of the Lord. And walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods, plenty, 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 in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, 
the fruit of your ground, the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, and the Lord shall open to you his good treasure, as if that's not enough. Amen. The heavens shall give rain unto the land in its season, and to bless the work of your hand, and shall you shall lend to many, and you shall not borrow. He will make you the head, not the tail. You will be above only, you'll never be beneath, if you will listen to me and do what I tell you to do. Amen. So, but if you go aside from this, the opposite happens. Amen. And so God wants us to know that he has conferred this blissful life upon us. And it includes not just the material side, which was very, very, God taught Israel because they didn't have the new birth. He had to teach them in, in, in pictures, signs, wonders, and in natural things. And so once they understood that everything they set their hands to would prosper, then they got busy. Amen. And so that's what motivates everybody to go to work is the understanding that they will prosper out of the work of their hands. This concept that, that people will just receive out of nowhere just because you give money to God is just not the total picture. You know, that's just not scriptural. You know, totally. I mean, given to be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But sometimes that that return comes in the form of an opportunity. It comes in the form of an open door. It's not just like once you give to, to God, people are just going to come and dump things in your lap and you sit there and receive it. The Bible says everything you set your hand, there's a prospering of your efforts that must come in order for you to receive the blessings of God. So uh, this idea about some type of great wealth transfer, you know, where is it coming from and who's it going to? It's not just going to dump in the lap of God's people because you say you're a Christian. You understand? Or in the in the lap of the tithers because you give a tenth. You're going to have to set your hand to something that's going to be wealth transfer worthy. And you have to get your instructions from God. See, what he's told me to do to set my hands to may be different from what he's told you to do. But we've all got to work at it. There's Because we are set in the earth to work. We're set in the earth to use our efforts, our faith. Our hands, our feet, our mouths, our eyes, our ears to make a difference and to do the will of God. And so once you understand that there's an employment that must happen with you in the will of God that's necessary for your, you to, to do that prospering and you stay diligent with that, then when God wants to extend a multiplied blessings, abundant blessings, and so forth and so on, it would be according to your faith. If you can can believe God to be a millionaire, you'll be a millionaire. But if you can't, if you're not there yet, believe him to give you a steady job. Believe him to prosper you to, to make investments or something like that on the side where you can see your money grow. Anything like that is reasonable and, and reliable you got to keep an open door for that blessing to come through. You can't shut the door 
and just think because you're a Christian, God's going to give you everything. You're a Christian for a reason. You're a Christian to work for God. You're a Christian to be employed by God. And if, if you're in ministry, then that's your work. Amen. But if you're not in ministry, God has something else he wants you to do. He said your gift will make room for you, not your giving. Amen. So you're to give, period. That giving is a command. That giving, you already owe. If if you're a Christian, you're born again, and, and you're in a church, and somebody's sowing spiritual seed to you, they're entitled to reap your carnal fruit. So you're just completing the cycle of giving and receiving. You give so that you can have more. Every time you come into the house of God, there can be revelation set up and prepared just for you to help your life where you are. And that's what God has promised us as believers. So the minister, now you can't minister spiritual to me. That's not your job. It's my job to minister spiritual to you. Got to get that straight. Because, see, we've got believers running around here trying to tell the pastor what to do, and they should be out soul winning so the church will grow. You understand what I'm saying? And so once I've sown out of my gift that God's given to me, I sow spiritual seed into your heart, then God says that I am entitled to reap carnal fruits from you. So what's carnal fruits? Beside money, that's a given. You see what I'm saying? See, we don't even understand the cycle of giving and receiving. Why did Shannon, when when Pastor Shirley told me something about it, she said, you know, Shannon is the only person we can ask whenever we need to to come and pick you up in an emergency and she'll go. Now, I'm just telling y'all the report, amen. I didn't make it up. But why do you do that, Shannon? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There you go. And see, that's, that's reaping carnal fruit. You understand what? That's my entitlement. And that's her responsibility. See, if we don't think in terms of entitlement and responsibility, we'll never get the job done. Because everybody will think it's an option for them to do something or they're doing somebody a favor. People don't feel obligated for anything nowadays. I remember when people would fight over who would take the pastor's bag out. You understand what I'm saying? And who would, because they respected and honored the man or woman of God that was sowing into their life. You know, they live a life of studying the word and living right. You got preachers in pulpits that don't live right and dare you not to give to them. Amen. And so you got to understand the cycle of God's blessing and why we can claim this type of life that's totally full of the bliss of God because he has devised a system whereby we can all be blessed. Amen. We can all be blessed. Now, I got a car I can drive myself to church, but I prefer not to. I use my energy, my time, everything to study, to pray, to get here. And to be honest with you, by the time it's time for me to go, I'm already ready to take a nap. 
you know, you get older, these things start to hit you a little more frequently. You understand what I'm saying? So it is a blessing for me that somebody is willing to take on that responsibility. Amen. To make sure I get, and, and people in this ministry have done a commendable job. You understand what I'm saying? Because for years I've been able to get back and forth to Detroit, out of town, without any interruption, without anybody saying, well, I can't do it and whining and carrying on, you know. You, you, the whiners you have to weed out real quick because they don't get the vision. You understand what I'm saying? There are some people that just don't want responsibility. I don't care how much God tells them it's going to bless them. They don't want it. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, those of you who are parents know what that means right now. That's what I thought. <laughs> some days you're, you know, motherhood's wonderful. And some days, oh, come get your kids. You understand what I'm saying? And so there, we, we struggle with it. You know, that's human nature. But there's a place where God will put something in you that undertakes and that will shoulder and that will say, here, my Lord, send me. Remember that little phrase? <laughs> and so we have to understand that about God's cycle of blessing. You know, while we're thinking about blessing, let's talk about blessing for the total body of Christ and how his kingdom works and how you're able to sow. Whether there's some people that, that make barely enough money to make ends meet, but they got free hands and free feet. You understand what I'm saying? They can run and, and do things that are need to run and do. Amen. And and so every gift is needed. Everybody's needed. Every ability is needed very much in God's kingdom. So you give where you're able to give. There are some people who are, are good with their money and good with budgeting and are faithful financial givers. And they're needed as well. So everybody gives according to their ability. Amen. Everybody does what they need to do in order to be blessed of God. But understand that you don't determine the seed you sow. Your seed is already named and prescribed. Amen. There is a prescribed, a commanded, an obligated seed that's necessary to do some certain things in your life. Amen. It's like when I was married, I didn't look for some other woman to cook my husband's meals. She better get on up out of here if that's what she come here for. Yeah, just, uh, sweetheart, that job is taken. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the way we need to be about the things that God gives us to do. Amen. You don't expect somebody else to sow that seed for you. I remember, uh, I learned this from somebody, um, uh, um, Miss Carrie. That's who it was. She would, she would, uh, give things, you know, she had her little thrift store on her third floor. Who else has been there besides, I never went up there, but I, I got a lot of stuff from there. And, and, uh, you know, she would bring something. She said, I just wondered if you might like this and so forth and so on. I said, yeah, girl, bring it on in here. You know, because I heard her say to somebody one time when they said they weren't sure, she said, no, I got to get this away. Don't stop my blessing. She would demand that you receive it. She said, don't stop my blessing. And Miss Carrie, she's, how old is Miss Carrie now? I know she's 80, right? And she still lives well. She looks good. She looks young, dressed extremely well. Amen. 
shopping in thrift stores, but she can find the designer stuff. She can find the stuff. I mean, she's a gifted woman. And she always looks good. She looks prosperous, healthy. I mean, she'll fight for her healing. And before you, she'll be in the hospital one day and calling people for prayer. And that girl, I'm out of here today. I'm going home, you know. She just has that connection with God where she knows the blissful life. Amen. She knows the blessed life. And so you can learn things from I've learned a lot of things from people, you know, over the years and still continue to learn from the body of Christ because I know that I can't understand it all on my own and I can't perfect it all on my own. But you can watch the lives of people and see how they work their faith. Amen. She has total faith that God's going to have a blessing for her every day. And she knows how to command things out of her life so that he can command things into her life. She is a giver and a sower and a seed sower. So, Miss Carrie, love you. <laughs> I talked about you today. <laughs> but she is a treasure and she is a complete blessing. Amen. Definitely. And so they're just people like that. They understand these principles in God and they live by them faithfully. Amen. Many of us live, we know more than we do. See, we know more than we believe. And we know more than we act on. You can know a lot of scripture, but if you only act on 5% of it, you're only going to get your 5% blessing. Amen? You're just going to get your 5% blessing. And so it's our job to understand more about the word, do more in the word, If you're assigned to do something and God doesn't release you from doing it, he has to charge that against you. I mean, other than that, this whole book would be kind of pointless. It'd be pointless for us to be obedient and do what we're supposed to do and we get the same thing that disobedient people do. Just saying, folks. The word is the word. If you don't sow the seed, listen, if I told you I had a a tomato plant in my yard and I never put the seed in the ground, where where am I going to get tomatoes from? I'm going to say it again. See, you can talk your tomato plant all you want to, but if you never put that seed in the ground, you don't get no tomatoes, do you? So there's a labor of faith involved in everything that we do. And see, the faith part is not that hard. It just comes through hearing the word. Just keep your ears open, your heart humbled before God, and let God put the words inside of you, and then you meditate, and then your life kind of springs forth out of that word that you meditate on. It begins to guide your life. There are some things that we kind of take to in the word, and we don't know why we like those things. Now, you can try and get in the Word and shop if you want to, but I guarantee you it will not work. What you need today? Well, I'm shopping for a husband today. Well, what did you shop for yesterday? Well, I didn't want no man telling me what to do yesterday, so I didn't shop for no husband yesterday. Well, see, that's where shopping gets you. It gets you a hit and miss kind of life. (laughs) Some people, I know some people have bought every prosperity tape that was ever sold. Some of them prosperity teachers 
died broke and went home to be with the Lord already and they still buying them old tapes. Well, if it didn't work for the guy that was preaching it to you, how do you think it's going to work for you? And they still haven't hit millionaire status yet. Just saying. Just saying. See, there are some things that we really, really want. But if our heart's not in it, we're not committed to it. We're not committed to life in God. It won't happen for us. Amen. Just like I'm, I'm always believing God for more power, more healings, more this, more that, you know, as far as spiritual things are. That's what I like. Amen. Now, excuse me if I don't want another car in my garage or I don't want a bigger garage or bigger this or bigger that in the material realm. That stuff comes with work and tending. I'd like to rent a hotel and just come and go. You know what I'm saying? Just valet, housekeeping. I'll cook my own food. Now, don't bring no funny food up in here. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, the least responsibility and just run off and hit the streets and pray for people all day long, come home you know, tired, and, you know, that's the life as far as I'm concerned. So, so as far as natural things, not so much spiritual things, yeah. And so, you know, and that's a toughie because you never know how much of word you got to study, how much of this you got to pray, how much of that you got to praise, you, you know, and I'm trying to step it up in everything. But but I've got to break out of the old pattern and break into something new if that's going to happen. Amen. And I think that's true about every area of our lives. we got to break out of the old and break into something new if the increase is going to come. Amen. And so but but I know God understands that and I know he's he's got me there. I know he's got the plan. All I have to do is stay with him in the plan and, you know, don't get upset about anything and don't get any funny ideas or creative ideas and and i'll get there you know and i was thinking to myself i said god you know how old i am i don't know how many people have asked him that but yeah he does (laughs) and i guess i'm just grown enough now to try and handle stuff like that you know what i'm saying and so it's all on god's schedule it's all on his timetable he'll get us there he knows you hunger for the things of, of the spirit. He knows you do. And, and if you don't, you should. Amen. But because you're a spirit, you're a spirit being. And you have a hunger in you built in for the things of God. And so it, it's just good to understand that, that this life that he's given us is beyond. Amen. It's beyond blessed. It's way beyond blessed. It's beyond blessed and it's into bliss. Okay. So, so it's a good thing to understand that, that, that God has so much more in store for us. It starts in the spirit. So, so that's, that's where we dwell. Amen. There are degrees of blessedness. Let me see. Romans four. Is that where I started? We'll go there. See what we got.
I guess we can start in verse 1. It says, What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, then he would have something to glory about, but not before God. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So the more you work to get the blessings of God, the harder it's going to be for you. See, this will cure you from shopping for your blessings. Amen. And just love God and believe him for everything you can see and don't cut out certain things. See, there are some people who spend so much time believing for finances, they forget health and wealth go together. So they're on a sick bed and they're still trying to believe God to be a millionaire. Can't get a healing, but yet they want all the money in the world. See, we've kind of like cheated people out of the total package. But doesn't that, isn't that what happens with us when we start messing with the gospel ourselves? <laughs> it says, but to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. So quit working at everything. Quit trying so hard. Quit just getting your Bible crawl up in there. Find stuff that you really like and you take to and just slop it up like a little pig. Amen. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God does not impute righteousness without works. Amen. For unto whom God imputes righteousness, sorry, without works. So David says that man is blessed. He said, because if God just confers righteousness on you because you believe and trust him, you're far better than somebody who's trying to work their way into the blessings of God. And he said, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. But ours are not just covered, they're remitted. Now, if David thought he was blessed with covering only, how much more are we blessed with remission of sins? He says, Blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness when he was uncircumcised. So the law has nothing to do with whether or not we can believe God. You can believe God. That's why you can come up to a total stranger a sinner on the street and say, you know, what, what can I, can I pray for you for something? Well, yeah, I, I got this pain here. I said, well, God's going to heal you now. And they never resist. They never utter a word. And they say, okay. And they walk off healed. And then your buddy in church sitting next to you says, I've been confessing for three years. And can you, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Somebody's working and somebody's believing. Makes all the difference in the world. We are believers, amen. We ain't working at nothing. If we can't believe it, it won't get here. And so he says, how was it reckoned then when he was in circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign. Circumcision was merely a sign. A seal. 
of the righteousness of faith which he had yet being uncircumcised. Amen. That he might be the father of all them that believe, whether they be circumcised or uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, he had yet being uncircumcised. So this blessedness, this blissful life, comes on those who believe. Amen. Because our sins are forgiven. Because we have a covenant with God. We are a holy people now. So there's no stopping the bliss. Amen. There's no stopping the blessedness. There's no law against righteousness. Amen. It's like if, if the, the police stop you, I used to have one of these. I had a neighbor, I had a lot of neighbors that were in law enforcement, you know, was, I lived, when I lived in uh, Cleveland before, I lived in Euclid, and there was a little cul-de-sac area we lived in, and there was a cop behind us, chief of police was in front of us, now if we wasn't living for God, we'd be in big trouble, uh, um, let me see. Another policeman, they built a new house. The policeman was two doors down. And then across that cul-de-sac was a fireman. So we were surrounded by law enforcement. And, uh, and, and so one of them gave me a courtesy card. And so he said, yeah, you got my courtesy card now. Yes, yes. Now if you get stopped, you can show that to any cop. And so, I, I remember, I don't know what happened. I was always getting stopped for something. I don't know. But anyway, no, 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 it wasn't that. It was a time I was supposedly abducted. Remember that drama? Was, yeah, I wasn't, but they thought I was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Now, if your wife had been abducted and was missing for four hours, and all you could do is roll your eyes at her and say, you know I had to leave work to come here and get you. He said, I told him, cops, ain't nothing wrong with her. Ain't nobody got her. <laughs> they give her back immediately. I said, how come I can't be kidnapped? So anyway, we had that conversation. As they say in politics, we got to have that conversation. So it's an old conversation. We had it many times. <laughs> but anyway, when the, my purse was left in the car, that was one of the reasons they wondered where I was. You know, it looked like somebody just grabbed me, left my purse in there, and they had the car, the purse, and no me. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, so anyway, this, I was at Jehovah Witness meeting. I just walked in there and told them, I said, look, somebody stole my car. I said, what are you doing? They said, well, we Jehovah's Witness. I don't care. You praying to Jesus. Come on, we're going to pray and get my stuff back. So we broke the devil's power. I commanded my car to be, I commanded to drop it right there and give my car back. And so like in 20 minutes, the police called and found out where I was or somehow the police 
Oh, I had called from that house and told him where I was. So they came by and, and he looked at me and, you know, they, you know how they do. They suspect everybody of everything. So I guess he got scared to really question me too much. And he said, well, we found your car. I said, when did you find it? He said, well, they called it in. I said, that's just when we prayed. And I told you, I said, now we're going to praise God because he found my car. So I made him praise the Lord. Amen. Prayer of agreement. The policeman is getting real scared then, so he just wants to get rid of me. So he called in to the, the police department and say, we found her. So they must have asked him some questions and she looked harmed. He said, no way. Did she harm somebody? I think so. So anyway, I took a ride down the police department with them. And, and you know, you go underground when they take you like a suspect. Only I didn't have any handcuffs. There was no crime committed here. I wasn't even ruffled, but anyway, I had to, had to go back with him to go get my car because they had impounded it and all that kind of. And then it really hit it when the, my husband found out the car was impounded. I know, it's like, well, what are we going? <laughs> I said, don't ask me. I'm the victim here. I have no answers, but it was kind of kind of interesting because. When we went down underneath, under the, the, um, in the police garage, there were several cop cars that came through there and they looked at me and they said, is she the one? And he said, yeah. And they said, well, how is she? Oh, she's fine. And that kind of replayed something that had happened to me over again in my life. One time when I almost drowned, they pulled me out of the water and people were staring at me. Are you okay? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, trying to think of it. Oh, another time, somebody with my name and everything had been killed in an automobile. They Somebody hit that woman with a car. She's my exact same age, had my name and everything. And people that I knew, I hadn't heard from for a while, said, I just wanted to call and see if you were okay. So it's the same familiar spirit assignment, you know, trying to kill me. But this is the interesting thing. It's like when you take some prisoners, when the devil starts to want to kill you, if you take prisoners, he lets you alone. Because ever since then, I've never had this. It would happen like every seven years or so. Amen. And so once I started taking something back from the devil, it seemed he felt like, well, I'm not going to mess with her no more because a little too risky for me to, do you understand what I'm saying? Once you come into a knowledge of God and you know who you are, I was just being myself. I wasn't trying to do any harm to anybody. I was trying to get my car back and hopefully before my husband found out it was missing. You know what I'm saying? Of course, it didn't work out that way, but. You know, some some of the policemen just came up to me and stared at me. And I said, I think I've been here before. You understand what I'm saying? Familiar spirits. They have an assignment to take your life. You understand what I'm saying? If they can do it. Amen. And if they can't take your life, they'll report you gone. 
Amen. The report will go out that you're dead. Amen. And so, so I just say that, well, I don't know why I said it, but you know, that's something that, that we need to understand how the kingdom of darkness works. But God conferred blessing on me, blessing on my life that I would not go before my time. Amen. And I still believe that. Amen. <clears throat> and I'm going to look good laying up in the casket too. Cause <laughs> Don't y'all start no funny stuff with me. I'll sit right up and rebuke you <laughs> at my own funeral. Amen. But uh, no, but but we do live a life of bliss, folks. Amen. Even with all the challenges and all of the things that could come against us in life, if we're beyond blessed. Amen. We're beyond blessed. I figure that I should have been snuffed out so many times already. I've I've escaped death at least yeah, four, five, ten, twelve times. Who knows? You know, you lose count after a while. But but there is an assignment of the enemy to take people out. Amen. The more you work for God, the stronger the assignment is sometimes. But you're still an overcomer. You know, I don't even think about it anymore. You know, it used to bother me, but uh, you know, I, I God delivered me from the fear of it. From the fear of the snare of the fowler. He delivered me from that. So blessed is the person whose sins are forgiven. God does not impute sin to us anymore. He removes it. Amen. Our, our sins are more than covered. They are, are annihilated. Remitted. Sent away. Amen. And, and they're forgotten by God. He doesn't remember them anymore. So this is the great part about this blessedness. The word blessedness really means uh, uh, extreme blessing, good fortune, bliss. We said that. It means happiness. It To bless somebody means to pronounce or esteem them. So you're highly esteemed. You're extremely esteemed by God. It means to be supremely blessed. Blessedness shows on your countenance. People will tell you there's something different about you. I knew you had to be a Christian. I wondered if you were a Christian because there's something different. It shows on your countenance. And your spirit definitely has power to bless, the power of faith. The fruit of the Spirit. All of that exudes from us when we are blessed by God. Blessing was conferred on the Son by the Father. Traditionally in the nation of Israel, the blessing came from the Father to the Son. Which means that you don't originate your blessing. Now say it again. You don't originate your blessing. Amen. Because you mess it up. So the fact that it's conferred on you by the Father is an insurance in, in a, um, uh, it's a safeguard against your blessing taking you to ruin. Amen. When it's conferred on you by the Father, because the Spirit of Christ lives in us, then He helps us to live the blessed life. Amen. He helps us to live this life. So whatever God gave to Jesus belongs to us because we are in him. 
Amen. It's like, you know, if you're married, whatever belongs to your husband belongs to you. Because you're one. Amen. And so God gave us this blessedness from the foundation of the earth. So if, if the blessing has been conferred upon Jesus and we are in him, Jesus, the Bible says, is the heir of all things and we are joint heirs with him. We're joint heirs. This does not mean he's a cosigner. Amen. He's not cosigning stuff we want. But we are joint heirs with him. Now, why are we joint heirs? I know we'd all like to have it all by us if I can manage this. I got faith. I can do this. I can do that. We're joint heirs because we need him to do the heavy lifting to receive the blessing. See, we are not, you know, after you get saved, you just use your faith and you pull stuff in and you do this and do that and you have it. No, no, you're a joint heir with him. You have an inheritance. Inheritance generally comes in increments. It's not all given to you at one time. Parents who are smart, if they're very wealthy, often they set up trust funds for their children with distribution instructions at a certain age. If they're in this condition, in that condition, it's distributed to them. And there's an overseer or an executor to make sure that it's distributed to you at the right time. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He's the executor of the New Testament or the, the new will in, in Jesus' blood. Amen? So so he he mediates and he encourages, he empowers. He does all the heavy lifting for us. He leads and he guides, he teaches us. He does all of that. And as we walk and follow Jesus, we walk into our inheritance. See, certain things are set for us at certain times in our life. And so when we understand that, it, it it causes me to relax. I don't have to get anxious about where is this, where is that, where is it, when is it coming, why is it not here yet? Because it comes to me by way of inheritance. And look at your life. Are your needs met for today? Are you expecting them to be met tomorrow? That's enough. Amen? It, it's good to be content in whatever state that you're in, instead of always looking for more of this and more of that. Amen? You you just learn how to trust God. It's learning how to trust him. And so, so Jesus being the heir of all things, and we are joint heirs with him, he does not co-sign our desires. Amen? But he is the, 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 what they call the surety of the covenant. Amen. He is the guarantee of the covenant. He is the one who put forth his life as a ransom for us and taken all the risk for us. You know, a surety in the old covenant, in fact, Proverbs will tell you not to be surety for a stranger. In other words, don't strike hands, slap hands, cosign, underwrite. 
Amen. Back up. Amen. Do it. Be a backup financer for anybody tells you that, and especially not for a stranger. But we were strangers from the covenants of God and Jesus was our, our surety. He was our guarantee of a better life. So he broke his own law of wisdom in order to bless us. He's already violated the wisdom of his own wisdom. <laughs> well, see, love will do that. Love make people do crazy things. You say, now nah, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I just love this person. I'm just crazy in love. Huh? You know it and I know it. Huh? There's no reason I should believe this man is telling the truth this time because he'd have lied every time. <laughs> huh? But I'm going to go out on a limb. You must be motivated by something other than wanting to believe in somebody who tells the truth. Huh? <laughs> so that was Jesus. He crazy in love with us. Amen. Go to the cross for somebody that's your enemy and a stranger from your covenant, from your lifestyle. Huh? Now, I don't suggest us living like that, but he can because his love is like that. Amen. We, we live by, we live by his laws. Amen. And he lives by them too. But mercy will cause him to violate his laws sometimes. Hezekiah should have been dead that afternoon. God said he's gonna die. Huh? It's a good thing the prophet listened to God and not to his own mind. Huh? God changed his mind because he always errs on the side of mercy. If he's going to make, and there's no error in God, but if there's something he has to rethink, he does it because of his mercy. Amen. He sees an opportunity to be merciful to somebody one more time. (laughs) And he does it. He did it in Hezekiah's and he does it for us. Amen. Trust me, he does it for us. Sometimes there's no reason why. You find that need met and you see it's met over and above. And you do what, uh, what Peter did when, when Jesus told him what side of the boat to fish on. He got two boatloads of, he, he fell on his knees and he said, please depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Amen. His goodness brings us to repentance, folks. Amen. Always, always the goodness of God. So. It's a blessing that comes according to Romans 4, 8. It comes when we know our sins are forgiven. You cannot hold on to a blessing of God without first undertaking forgiveness. And living in that place of holiness and forgiveness and atonement. Amen. The blessings won't stay on you. Your conscience won't let you rest under God's goodness until you experience his forgiveness. You ever tried to bless a sinner 
they're suspicious of everything. And, you know, you go to somebody that doesn't ask for prayer, ask them if they want prayer. Sometimes they'll submit to it and sometimes they give you a hard time. Amen. They need to be forgiven. They need to have their sins forgiven. Amen. That's why we lead people to the Lord many times when we you pray for them. You're not going to just leave them there expecting to be blessed without the ultimate blessing. They need to have their sins forgiven. Amen. And so when we when we understand that, then we can understand how the blessings of God begin. We can anticipate and expect them to grow in a greater measure. Because the more you walk with God and the more you live in his holiness, you live in a clean conscience. There's nothing telling you you're not supposed to have it because. If we can get beyond that realm and, and listening to the devil when he picks at us and tells us, amen, we shouldn't be having this, we shouldn't be having that, we sh- we ought to be over here, we ought to be, over, you know, if we can get beyond that and live in that blissful place of knowing our sins are forgiven by constantly walking in repentance and a repentant heart and a repentant mind. And when you get over in selfishness, you know, you ask for forgiveness and get back over there again and walk with God. That's where your holiness comes from. You don't get holy without the Holy One. Now, they lived like that under the Old Covenant. We ain't Old Covenant people. We have the Holy One living in us, helping us to stay close to Him, to to cooperate with Him, and stay obedient to Him. Amen? So this blessedness comes when we know that our sins are forgiven and God is not wanting to impute sin to us. So so it begins, really, this blessed life begins with the atonement. And it comes, but not without the shed blood. The atonement, that, that has to be paid for. Amen? Shed blood paid for it. Amen? So it is a blood-bought righteousness so it's permanent and renewable in our lives you walk away from god you can repent and come back again look at the prodigal son classic example of the father's pull on us to bring us back to him after we've rejected him huh talk about love excuse me The Bible says while he was afar off, father ran toward him. So there was a pull there to bring the son back to him, back to the father. Not back to the money, back to the house, back to the inheritance, but back to the father. Amen. That's your first stop when you repent is go to God. Say, Father, I've sinned and I'm not worthy to be here, but please forgive me. And he forgives you and reassures you that you're reinstated in relationship. The the fatty calf in the ring meant relationships, folks. That blood was shed. That that calf was killed as an atonement for him. Amen. To let him know your sins are forgiven. Amen. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Amen. So everything that was needed in that story, everything that was present in that story is is pointing to the atonement of Christ. 
for our sins and what he did for us. Amen. He killed a fatted calf, had a rejoicing ceremony because the lost son repented and came back home. Amen. And wanted to be with the father again. The first person he talked to was his father. Amen. He didn't talk to the servants and tell them, I'm, I want this and I want that. He probably used to. But he bypassed the servants. Why? He didn't feel he was worthy to be there. And so he went to the father and, and repented and, and asked the father's forgiveness. And the father responded with reinstatement of his inheritance and his relationship. That's what God does to us. When we confess our sins, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us so we feel welcome. Not condemned and not blaming, not pointing the finger, trying to pretend like we didn't do anything. But we wait for his cleansing. Amen. He cleanses. Amen. We can't cleanse. He cleanses. Amen. See, your mind will want to cleanse itself. It'll start pointing the finger. Well, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for so-and-so. And they picked at me and made me do that. Well, I didn't do nothing. I'm innocent. All lies. you got to go to the Father and let him cleanse you. Other than that, you ain't clean. And then Jesus tell the disciples that when he washed their feet. Huh? He said, if I don't wash them, you're not clean. Amen. Pointing to the blood. It always points to the blood. Amen. So, this, this, it is a conferred blessedness. It's not earned. Thank God you don't have to earn it. Cause you couldn't. But you try. It will not depart from our lives because of what we fail at. Failure is always temporary if you have a covenant with God. Amen. It's always temporary. You're never out of the game. You're never out of the race. And because of this, we have a curse-proof blessedness. You can't, you can't curse yourself out of this. Now we've had people and teachers of the word trying to reinstitute the curse on us. How come you never get cursed for fornicating, but you do if you don't give money? And I'm serious. You know, if we back under the law, take some of them preachers out and start. Well, I'm not going to go there. And the secretary with them. I mean, if we, we back cursing people, come on now. No partiality, folks. And when there's partiality, you can always tell man started it, God didn't. Amen. So we live in a curse-proof blessedness because of the shed blood. Because God cut the covenant because he could swear by no hire, he swore by himself alone. By himself, not with man's help. So God made this covenant on behalf of man, but man was not a party to it. He becomes a recipient of it by faith. 
You just got to believe that you have no part in trying to guarantee this life in God yourself. So you can relax, quit trying to conjure up excuses for your lack of obedience. Learn how to go to God and confess it and say, God, I just didn't really know I was supposed to do all that. Whatever you need to do, get it straightened out. Amen. Get honest before God and stay honest before God. Because you got a great deal here. You don't have to shed blood. You don't have to live under the curse. You don't have to give anything up. All you have to do is believe and receive it and live a holy life. And God helps you do that. So he does all the work. So we are not involved in the guarantee of the covenant. God's the guarantee. He swore to himself that he would uphold this covenant. He keeps covenant and mercy, folks. Amen. The mercy part is definitely necessary because we need to have mercy to get back into it when we step out of it. Amen. I don't care if the devil did trick you into doing it. Amen. Galatians 3, 9. I think that's the one that says Christ. Well, I think 13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Let me look and see real quick why I put that there. Galatians 3. And verse. All right. It says, so then that verse 9, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So we are justified by faith alone. Amen. Faith in our confession of faith. You know, you got to say what you believe. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it's evident. In other words, this is plain to see. The just live by faith. Did this blissful life come on you by the works of the law? You could never do it. But it comes on you by faith. If you're going to work at something, at least believe that God's going to bless you for working at it. You know, we put people under such condemnation and such restriction and you know, hard bondage. Many times we don't have faith is why people that we talk to don't have it. There is so much legalism being taught to God's people. And the people that, that are running off with the message don't even believe what they're preaching. That's why they put that legalism on you. Amen? You can tell by the way you... People respond when you begin to challenge sometimes what they do. I won't say what they believe because you can't challenge the faith of God. Amen. It'll override your challenge every single time. But there are some people who are deathly scared of not doing certain things because they're scared God won't bless them. if they, And that's not right. There's no faith in that whatsoever. Amen. And and so we have to watch ourselves that we are living as justified people. If the blood justifies you, you have confidence in that blood alone. That blood is able to speak to you what to do with everything in your life. Amen. From your getting up in the morning and you praise God when you first get up 
till you're going to bed at night and you thank him for a good day at the end of that blood is talking to you and telling you and instructing you how to live your life every day. Amen. The blood instructs you how to be a giver. Amen. And not in a legalistic sense, but, oh, no, that's God's money. I can't spend it. You know, God doesn't, he's not pleased with that. Amen. He said, sacrifice and, and offering, I I don't want. He said, I prepared a body for you. I prepared a body to make an eternal sacrifice. So that you don't have to continue to feel like you're you're hurting yourself in order to please God. Get real. You know, I mean, come on, folks. We gotta, we gotta grow into the, he, he promised us a blissful life. Amen. Now there are some things that, that you'll have to let go of, but you let God know you're, you're letting go of them and he helps you in the let go. Cause there are a lot of things you just merely confess and then God takes over from there. In fact, everything. You didn't save yourself. You confessed your faith in Christ. And the seed of salvation came into you and you start walking it out. You can't take credit for any of this stuff. Even your obedience you can't take credit for. You know, you these are happy faith accidents a lot of times. I was just going walking along believing God. And he said, do this and do that. Amen. You didn't decide to, to take your day and, and be a total blessing everywhere. You was just getting along in life. Amen. <laughs> and God opened the door for you and he said, go do that. Amen. Amen. You know, the, <clears throat> uh, we, we live in that continued blessedness in, in God. Amen. Praise God. Let me see where it was. Oh, I'm over here. Sorry about that. Uh, Galatians 3 9. So this blessedness was imparted to our, to our father Abraham through the Melchizedek priesthood. Melchizedek was an eternal priest. It wasn't a priest of the old covenant. Amen. In fact, the, the, uh, earthly priest was, was not born yet was coming through Abraham and Abraham honored Melchizedek by paying tithes of everything that he got in that war to him. So you've got the earthly priest that would receive tithes, paying tithes to a higher priesthood through their father, a man through, through Abraham. So we've been in this covenant all along. It just wasn't revealed to us until Jesus came. Amen. This priesthood had no beginning and no end. It was a type of the priesthood of Christ. So our blessedness is eternal and established before time and circumstances. So if you have a blissful life that's established for you before time and circumstances, then the time you're living in now and the circumstances of your life are not going to hinder it. I'm going to say that again. If if this blessedness was given to you before time and circumstance, then time and circumstance are not going to hinder it. It's already been given to It's been conferred by God's word. It's better than a human inheritance. Because when you think about it, there are people who are millionaires, billionaires, generations of wealth. 
and then they bring kids and and their intention when they have that wealth is to pass it on to their offspring. But you get a kid who's a crackhead and he'll blow through his whole inheritance. So time and circumstance will affect the natural inheritance, but not a spiritual one. Because it's already been given. Once you give, once we receive the Holy Spirit, He is our inheritance. He's in you already. He can't be taken out. Except in very extreme circumstances, which we don't really, really sure about. You understand what I'm saying? But once He's in there, He's in there throughout all eternity. So the circumstances must not mean anything to Him. They must not be important. Because he chose to set up living inside of you already. He's you. It's in there already. So nobody can curse you because the blessed one and the blissful one lives in you already. So nobody can come by and tell you because of your bad behavior you lose it. No, uh-uh. I don't witness to that because I can go to the throne. I can go to the cross, the foot of the cross where I met him and meet him again. In the atonement, the confession of, of my sins and the atoning blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness and I'm reinstituted into the covenant again. That's a blissful life, folks. It's one you can't mess up. Amen. You can't, you can't get out of this. You're in it. So you might as well get in it, find out how it works and enjoy it because it is a life beyond what we can ask or think it's a life beyond anything that you thought at one time might be exciting to you you start living in really in the spiritual realm with god and you'll find out everything else pales in comparison to it i don't care what's good in your life amen everything else pales in compare it's got to because god says it's higher and far above All we can ask or think. Amen? The things that we enjoy in life in a natural realm, we ask for those things. We thought up those things. But he's got to go you at least one or ten better and to give you a life beyond what you ask or think. So believe him for the beyond life. God, I love my job. I love church. I love my kids. I love my husband. But you promised me beyond. And I'm not cashing anybody in, but I'm looking for the beyond, amen, so that you can be in that blissful place that he's ordained for us to be, that eye has not seen, ears not heard, but you get a little dingling in your spirit every now and then, that little dinner bell that says, come on in, because there's more to it. I got more for you. Come on in and enjoy it, because there's more. As good as it is, there's more, amen. You haven't experienced all. There's more. Come on in and ask for the more because it's here for you. I intend to give it to you if you'll receive it. Amen. So let's ask for the more. Amen. Father, we ask for the more. Thank you for the bliss that you've ordained for my life and beyond. I'm going beyond blessedness today, Father. I'm going beyond what I can ask or think according to your word and i thank you for the beyond life that life beyond whatever i'm thinking and asking and i thank you for that lord and i'm expecting beyond results 
believe. Amen. When you believe for beyond, your results go beyond. Amen. They're going to exceed whatever it is you thought you could receive from God. They're exceeding and abundantly beyond. They're in the bliss where your mind can't comprehend anymore. You just have to let your spirit appreciate it as much as it can. Amen. So let's do our confession. Father God, I thank you that I have a confession that is real and you enforce it. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.